everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to have my guest on the show here today. We're going to dive in here soon, but before we move forward here, I just want to welcome everyone who has been listening to the podcast continually. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, I've been seeing the podcast has been going all over the world. Downloads have been increasing. You guys have been really tapping in. I've been getting lots of emails as well as messages on social media, just telling me testimonies of how God touched you, spoke to you, has been encouraging you, how you've been sharing this podcast. And so thank you so much. It means a lot to me. And um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, we have a new episode streaming every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com as well as you can you know, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to and tap in. And so welcome to the show. Today, I do want to start off with a scripture. Um, and this really is foundational, I believe, for where we're going today. It's just a simple um, verse, but it's 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. The one who joins with the Lord is one spirit with him. I've got I've got a guest on the show. We're talking about his newest book and there is so much there and um I can't wait to get into the content and this scripture just kept swirling in my spirit as I was reading through this book because this book calls out identity, purpose, how we were wired by God and we have this oneness with God where we are empowered by his holy spirit. And there's a divine DNA on the inside of us. We get to embrace our identity in Christ. We get to walk out our DNA that the Lord the Lord planned out every step of ours before the foundation of the world. We get to partner with the Lord in bringing and ushering in his kingdom, manifesting his kingdom in the earth today. And so I want to have my guest on the show. His name is Sean Bowles. Um, he's been on the show a few times now. Um, I really love and appreciate his ministry. He's a TV host, an author, a producer. He's a Christian minister. He's been known for leading leading conversations about church, the entertainment industry, social justice that have helped believers all over the world in a transformational way. He's also an author of several best-selling books, including Translating God, Keys to Heaven's Economy, Breakthrough, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations, and Through the Eyes of Love, and most recently, his book called Encounter, which we're going to be talking about today, Encounter a Spiritual Perspective that Will Shape Your Faith for the coming move of God. He also has a podcast that is touching millions and millions of lives um, called the Exploring Series. Well, it's a series. He does exploring the prophetic, exploring the industry, exploring the marketplace. And so you'll definitely want to tap into that if you haven't already. But welcome, Sean, to the podcast. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm so glad to be back, Michael. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm so glad I got my hands on your book, Encounter, A Spiritual Perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. I know you've been on the show. You've shared a bit of your faith story. I always like to ask people about their encounter with Jesus and their faith story. But, you know, if people want to hear that, they can dive back into some previous episodes. I want to get into the content here because I really feel like there's so much to unpack. There's so much to explore. And people have to grab a copy of the book if they want to really get into it. But at the end of the day, I started to I started to read through this book, preparing for this interview, and I, I felt a heavy weight of God's presence on it. And people who listen to the show, they, I'm, I'm not always saying this isn't something I'm always saying, but literally you map out encounters, and I know you're going to share about this, but visions and encounters that God's given you. And as I was, I'm reading it, I feel a sobering sense of God's presence, just the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and you're sharing biblical truths that God is sharing with you through these encounters. 
And I truly believe that this is a prophetic message for this time and this hour for the church so that we could walk in our God-given identity. And so tell us a little bit about how the Lord brought you on this journey to write this book. And there's a lot of intimate encounters in here. It must be, you know, how does it feel to be vulnerable in sharing these things that God showed you? (laughs) Well, you know, it's so, it's so funny. I always look at myself as like the everyday guy. I grew up in the church, like I shared in the last podcast and Mm -hmm. I grew up with very normal parents. I didn't have, I mean, they love the spiritual gifts. So that set us apart a little bit because they were like you plus Jesus equals a different result than just you, you know? So like go after him in a way Mm. that's transformational. So I had that in my foundation, but I've had this very normal life, but I've also had this very supernaturally like driven life where I've had these encounters, um, some for countries, some for church movements, some for entertainers. And then I've had a lot of encounters for myself to really define who God is because I grew up in a very performance driven identity was a little skewed and off Mm -hmm. as far as how our relationship is with God. I was very, you know, what I did was who I was instead of who I am as a son of of God is who I am. So I had to like get a lot of deliverance from all that, but it it happened over time. We're not even deliverance, just, just truth. You know, it happened Mm -hmm. over time. Um, through encounters with God. And then, uh, you know, 20 years into it, you know, which would be starting around 2003 or four or five, somewhere in there, I started to have a series of encounters that, um, that really defined how good God is and, and what he wants to do, like what he really wants to do. There's a government that's on his shoulders. That's only been increasing mm-hmm. since he was born. Yes. And the culture right now, because we hear the media, we hear what's going on in politics and justice issues and all kinds of stuff. We can see so easily what the enemy is doing and we can see so easily what man is failing in. But I remember, you know, 20 years ago when I started to see, like I could see that then too, but I started to see, he challenged me. Would you want to have my perspective? Do you want to have my thoughts? Do you want to have my mind? And so the beginning of the book, I really lay out and I've done this in many teachings as well that are free online, just this vision and this encounter I had where I was watching this epic, you know, scene out of the Bible of Solomon building the temple. And I was watching Solomon who really carried what Paul talks about in first Corinthians two, where Paul says that the Holy spirit inside of you searches the deepest, most innermost thoughts, the intimate thoughts of the father. And then he connects them to the innermost intimate thoughts inside of you. And it says, you have the mind or the perceptions of Christ, that the scripture. And that's what God always intended when he created Adam and Eve. That's what they were separated from when they left the garden. And Solomon was the first one to ask for it before the redemption, before Jesus came, Solomon was the only one who said, can I have your, not the wisdom. That's not the word he used. He actually used a word that was the Shema or the the fullness of, as if we shared headspace together, as if we shared the same thoughts. And most Christians here through impressions and through instinct, through intuition inside, and we discount those things so often, but the God of all the universe calls us his temple and shares space in us. And of course he comes into our thoughts. Of course, he gently nudges us. And so I lay out John 14, 15, and 16, how the Holy Spirit's work is in us. But through a series of encounters, so this is not a teaching book. This is like a book where I'm sharing how I got to where I got to and believing the kingdom of God is advancing and that there's this man in the middle of it, Jesus, who when you, like one of the encounters I had of seeing him, and I don't know if these are parabolic encounters, Michael, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just a type of how he related to me so we could have understanding or connection to the Bible. Or if this is literal, but I saw the Father and Son and Holy Spirit before time began sitting around kind of a table in the firmament, so to speak. You know, the Bible, Genesis 1, it says they were in the firmament when they were about to create. And they had been there for an everlasting time. And they began to talk to each other about these 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 chords that were coming out of the Father's heart that had 
this three-dimensional person at the end of them. And there's billions of them. And Jesus would grab them and look at them because they were coming out of his DNA. And he would look at them and go, this is the best one, you know? And they, and they were defining personality. They were defining calling. They were defining beauty. And it wasn't just a definition for their earthly destiny. It was a definition for this is who they're called to be for all time. Yeah. And so when Jesus looked at the disciples, he sees, you know, the boneheads that they were at times, but he could see them in their everlasting and their eternity in their mm-hmm. eternal state. They just kept saying yes. And so I'm seeing this and it really impacted me because I'm going, you you saw me, Ephesians 2.10, you planned before time began, my destiny, my good works, my personality, before I was in my mother's womb, you thought of me. And this isn't just a, a philosophical thought. This is God who is a creator who masterfully detailed hand wove each one of us after a pattern, after his own DNA, his own heart, his own image. And so like, you know, writing out these encounters and I go, we, we can talk about more, but I go all the way into the enemies and, you know, plan and God's plan and the government of God increasing. And some of the stories really talk about the great maturing that has to happen. And before the next great move of God, there's going to be a great maturing of people who are believers who are about to get so spiritually set up and set apart for their calling and appointed for their calling. And it's happening right now. And, and when you think about last thing I'll say, and then I'm going to give it back to you is that when you think about the Jesus people movement, which is the last worldwide move of God that happened, like where it wasn't just denominational centric, but it happened around the world. And in America itself, um, Harold Everly, one of the theologians of the Northwest told me that, that 80% or if not more of pastors who are in their pulpit right now in America were saved in that time period of the Jesus people movement, whether directly or indirectly from it. And so you have this movement that literally captured the affections of a generation to lead in ministry and to lead in ways that had never been done before. But before that, for about 13, 15 years, there was societal breakdown. There was free hippie movement, love, you know, sexuality, drugs, counterculture, all this stuff. And it didn't look, it looked really dark. I've talked to many people who were alive then who were Christians and they were like, we were, we felt like the end times were happening because we felt like everything was dying and, and our country was about yeah. to implode mm-hmm. all the Roman empire. And then God showed up and he showed up through the least likely people, the hippies. <laughs> he showed up in a way that we never thought would happen. Yeah, so, yeah. So we went, but it was a long period. Like some of them were saying it was a long time. And some people look at the state of the world right now because of the pandemic or politics in different countries. And they're, and they're like that, those people who don't have hope for a move of God to bring us into a new place and the maturity to be able to apprehend these issues. We're just hoping Jesus comes off his throne and comes back. And that's, man, just judge the enemy God versus there's still time before he returns and let's get empowered and let's believe for what we can do in his government that's increasing right now. Let's believe he's going to actually use the most unlikely people groups that mm-hmm. we're saying are the most useless to the church right now and say, actually, those are the ones he's going after and possibly might even lead the next mm-hmm. worldwide move of God. So that's kind of the theme of the book is let's prepare. There's a great maturing happening. God is planting us in such depth and maturity, and we need to see the way he sees and have encounters. Mm-hmm. There's this lining, like um, within all of that, there's this lining of identity to the very mm-hmm. core. Like you talk about you know, Solomon, and you're talking about ruling with Christ with, you know, with, with this understanding of oneness and our access to God through the spirit. And so many people have heard teaching like, oh, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His perceptions are not our perceptions. And we take that out of the old Testament. Don't trust your heart. Don't Don't trust trust your your heart's evil. Yeah. Your heart's evil and deceitfully wicked above all else. And so we have these scriptures swirling around, which makes it hard. And so many of us are trying to connect with this God that's on the outside of us. Like we see him in the cloud somewhere, but he's not on the inside of us. And that's why I quoted that scripture. Those who have joined with the Lord are now one spirit with him. When I began to realize, and as as I was reading through your book, I began to think about all the scriptures that have impacted my walk with the Lord. 
in a huge way. Like we've become partakers of the divine nature. We've received his fullness and grace upon grace. We are now one with the Lord if we join with the Lord. And all these different scriptures that talk about the abundance that we have. And uh, yeah, we're that. blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And you talk about how that's woven into our identity. And I truly believe, you know, the show's called Awaken Podcast. I truly believe we need to be awakened to the reality of all that Christ done the Father's heart, what he's truly like, who we are in him, the tools that he has given us. And I believe that this book brings a lot of light to that. Like we need to get that down first for us to truly walk out our uh, our purposes. Well, and one thing about my book Encounter is that it becomes the reader's encounter as they read it. And I feel like when we have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, he brings us to a place that our own decisions can't bring us. Like he mm-hmm. actually gives us options that aren't on the table right now. I love encounters. I mean, you've been encountered by God too. We've talked mm-hmm. about it. We're all of a sudden, you know, I love, of course, the, the daily discipline, the faithfulness of reading the Bible and praying. We have to stay there. Mm-hmm. But then there's this thing that happens alongside that, that the spirit of God moves into us and moves on our heart. And there's there's seasons a lot of times for people's lives I've encountered to move us into occupations or roles or places we wouldn't go, but there's also an internal kingdom that he's building an internal government that it comes from. And the, you know, the, the, the new Testament believers that were fighting against Jews that really thought Jesus couldn't be the Messiah because they really believed the Messiah would come like Solomon and build externally. And that would be the sign of the Messiah. And Jesus came with such an internal government that it took hundreds of years, even the great, um, you know, some of the great conquerors, you know, like they Augustine or not Augustine. Um, um, oh my gosh, I just lost his name. But you know, some of the great conquerors would say, we, we had to conquer whole nations to get our government spread throughout the earth. But Jesus did it by internally changing the structure of a human being. And so there's this internalness that God comes in and changes us from the inside out. And, but we're supposed to see, as we see God on the inside, we're supposed to be able to see him manifest then on the outside through our life and our calling. And that's, there's been a big gap there. There's a lot of big questions in society and people are saying, does it make a difference if you're a Christian or not? Because we see the divorce rate and, and, you know, drug alcoholism rate, depression rate is the same. So what's the difference? And when Christians allow themselves to be apprehended by the encounter with the Holy spirit, mm. along with a life and the word, there is a difference because all of a sudden our internal life does change and our choices do change. And we become a version of ourselves that we couldn't have got even through education, <laughs> therapy, whatever it is. I mean, yeah. all those things are good to have alongside of it, but there's a version that comes out. And so I really felt like it was important to, to share vulnerable encounters that I've had because so many times when we focus on an encounter, we get poo-pooed by our denomination or our churches to say, well, don't live there. That's the mountaintops where you're going to go back to down the valley. But the reality mm. is that we're supposed to walk with the word and the spirit daily. It's yeah. not supposed to be mountains and valleys. It's supposed to be Ephesians 2 seated with him and intimacy, regardless of mountain and valleys. Mm. And that's the part where I feel like a lot of people, um, they fall away from their deeper passion because they get disappointed because something doesn't happen that they were expecting because they're looking for performance. What's happening on the outside? Wait, where's God? All these promises, all these things versus wow, I get to know you even more today, God. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I get to do this with you, not just for you. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge deal that I had to get rewired for that. And that took encounter after encounter Mm -hmm. to get that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a vision a few years back and you reminded me of it right now, but like it was like five or six. No, it was probably longer than that. Maybe eight years ago now, because I was in Mozambique. But um, in the vision, I saw a, I saw the throne of, I saw Jesus sitting on the throne, but from a distance and I saw an army coming forth from the throne, Mm -hmm. marching out from the throne room. And, you know, it was, it was for me, I was, I was undone, but it was, 
it spoke to me two different things. They were marching forth from the throne room. So they weren't just on mission going out to accomplish what the Lord has destined them to accomplish, but they were coming forth from the throne room, a place of intimacy, a place of face-to-face union, a place of encounter where it's just like, I am raising up a people that are throne room dwellers, people that are seated with me in the heavenly places that are accessing that benefit, that are communing with me in a face-to-face way, and they're being empowered, and they're leaving the throne room with strategies. I'm whispering to them secrets. I'm, I'm telling them who they are. I'm showing them blueprints of their lives. Life and what I want to do in, in, the, in the local church, in the nations, whatever it may be. But from that place of encounter, they're knowing who they are. They're speaking to me. They're intimate with me. They're getting the blueprint for what they're supposed to do. And then they're marching forth confidently out into the world to get that thing done. And so that was that was huge for me because it just set a lot of things in place um, in my mind to be like, no, like this is what it's all about. At the end of the day, great. Like me, I wouldn't want to go and preach the gospel all over the world. I wouldn't want to go and lay down my life for, for the poor in Africa if I didn't encounter the Lord Jesus and become completely undone. And if it wasn't for my relationship with the Holy Spirit, may the love of God, the grace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you all, the Apostle Paul said. If that wasn't yeah. a reality in my life, then I wouldn't want to do those things. It's it's the fact that I'm doing it in Him and with Him, and I get to enjoy fellowship through that process. But anyways, I just felt I felt I should share that because it really just highlighted uh, or confirmed well what you said. Mm. Well, I think, you know, part of the, the book of Encounter, I share a lot of personal things about even um, kind of a journey we had with a prophet named Bob Jones. He he was completely against us moving to LA. It was so funny because he he was like, it's going to be in the ocean. Like he had that kind of old prophetic viewpoint. Yeah, like, yeah. It's so simple. God can't reach it. And he had had some wounding here. And so one time I took him through a series of kind of inner healing moments for like the people who betrayed him and hurt him in California. And he immediately switched over into God does have you in California. Like he, he became one of our <laughs> champions, you know, and he's like, God has you there. And and uh, I love how when our wounding is there, like sometimes we can't prophesy, you know, we, we don't have mm-hmm. authority. And so he's like, God has you here. There. He goes, there's an unrighteous root system in the entertainment industry that God's going to break up. And one of the signs that it will be ready for Christians to be placed is that you're going to start, you're going to get a, a miraculous house property, then several properties. And then a lot of people who are in your network are going to get properties. And God is saying where there's been an unholy root system, God's going to plant oaks of righteousness and that system, it'll be assigned to other systems as well, that Christians are being planted in a mature way. Mm. Yeah. They're being planted as mature oaks. They're going to be planted in like, not, not baby oaks, but mature oaks are going to be transplanted into these systems. And your property will, will mean something about that. It was really funny because the first property we got had a studio and a house and all these things on it. So miraculous. Couldn't afford it. We were going to save up for years to even afford like a baby <laughs> beginner home in LA. And we had this miraculous thing happen. Well, during the pandemic, my wife really felt like we're supposed to move away from that property into more of country. Like in LA, we do have country. It's cowboy land too. Yeah. And so she found in mountains, she found a a property and she asked me to go see it. And I would have never moved, but she's like, come see this property. And I'm like, I'll just humor you because you're a Zillow queen. You know, every property in the (laughs) land and you want to go see it. That's her like passion and her hobbies. She's always looking at Zillow. I'm like, stop looking at Zillow because I don't want to get involved with some other project. But um, so we ended up going to this property and why we brought our daughters because we're going to come see my closest friends who live kind of in this area. And so we went, we went up and um, my, my eight year old was seven at the time. She said, dad, God told me we're going to live here. And I just felt like, why does this feel like it's our home? And after a few, it had a B on the door. It was crazy. Like an iron B on the door for bowls. It was crazy. What was wow. this house was made, but there's 22, which is a big number in our life. You know, God brings signposts, 22 protected Oaks 
on the property. And we found out that just not too far from here, there's this oak tree that during the gold rush, before it started, there was a, a Mexican man who was a prospector who was working for ranches and he had slept under this tree, almost giving up his prospecting in California. There must not be gold here, but he just, he had this faith to believe that God had led him here. And he was, no one had discovered gold yet in a major way. And while he was under the tree, he had a dream that there was gold all around him and that he was supposed to stay from God. He knew it was from God. And when he woke up, he dug some wild onions up at the bottom of the tree. And this is in canonized California history. This is not church history. Mm -hmm. This is this is what California tells the history of. When he dug up the the, the onions, these onions to eat them, they're all you know wild onions. There was gold nuggets on them. And his two friends and him claimed the area and they started to find gold. And that started the American gold rush, the Mexican gold rush, wow. or the American gold rush. Uh -huh. And so this tree is a few miles from the property. It's protected. Walt Disney loved this tree so much. And he loved the story so much. They tried to buy the land, but it was protected government land. Mm -hmm. And so he bought land across from it. One of the major Disney studios, one of the biggest ones, it's a whole city is out here in this mountain area, this ranch. And so, uh, and people go under that tree all the time and they lay under it pretending to have dreams so that they can find their gold rush. Yeah, yeah. But I just was so impacted. I, I never even knew the history of this in, in LA. I never even knew this was here. And I felt like God was saying, there's about to be a rush for glory. And there's about to be oaks of righteousness are going to be planted. They're protected trees. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are protected. You can't even cut off a limb without getting permission from the state. <laughs> it's so big. So I put this in the book in, in a number of ways, shared the story of it because I left a dream home to follow God's dream, a dream home he gave me, which was my favorite property I'd ever lived in until now. And then my wife led us into a new property that had so much prophetic stories about it. It was, it was eerie and it was weird to move because I didn't feel done where I was in Studio City yet. But I also couldn't, I couldn't not believe that what God was showing us was where we we're supposed to go, which a lot of Christians are in that place. It's like, I thought I was doing this, but you're leading me here instead. But you've led me to believe for this for 20 years and now you're leading me this way. I don't understand God but I'm going to follow you anyways and know that it'll all wash out. It'll, it'll all wash out when it's over, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I, I had to obey him and it was so cool because the level of revelation that came and, and the level of the encounters increased when we moved mm -hmm. and I was kind of in a dry encounter spell as far as my own relationship with God, where I was at, but I moved here and I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, this is wild. So there's all these themes in the book about, you know, I, I go into Isaiah 22, 22 and, the number of the, the oak trees, oaks of righteousness, these stories, but in a really practical way, because my job has been, and you know this, Michael, I'm on TBN and I'm in places in mainstream having conversations about how God speaks and how it actually impacts and direct the ways of the world. So I can't write a book that's all super spiritual. It has to have practical application or it's not going to, it's not going to manifest the fruit it needs to. Mm -hmm. And no one will buy it in my current world because I'm in places that charismatic Christians don't always live. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I've had to, I've had to like really go after that book and say, how would my relative that doesn't believe any of this, how would they receive or ponder Jesus in this book? And it was really a big challenge, but I felt like at the end of it, I was like, wow, this is, I feel like people who read this are going to feel like they just lived out the encounter. Yeah, no, it's definitely written that way. I think it's written beautifully for those who want to grab a copy of it. No, honestly, I feel like I was taken into the story 
it reminded me a lot of Rick Joyner's book, uh, The Call, mm-hmm. in terms of like you get sucked into the story and the way that it's written. But also, it's not just, uh, you know, you're not just sharing your encounters. There's tons of scripture in it. You're, you're, you're bringing out scriptural truth, like what the Lord taught you about himself, about the gospel, about what he's doing in the earth, pulling that from the scripture through these encounters. And so that's that's crucial. I was so glad to see that. And hey, when you're talking about your house, um, I don't know if this is just for me, but that story I learned, hey, you got you to listen to your wife sometimes, right? Like when your wife, <laughs> when your, sorry to lighten the mood a little bit, but that's what I, I got from that story. She goes and buys the field, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got from that story. My wife's a Proverbs 31 woman. If she wants the field, give her the field. Okay. Listen to your wife. And so my wife's like that too. My wife is a dreamer and my wife has a lot of things in her heart and she's very similar. And so that's, that's when you said that it spoke to me. So um, when it comes to your book, I love that you talk about because to fill, to fulfill our calling, we need resources. And I know that you wrote a book about provision, which I think yeah. is essential for um, the listener, uh, or the person watching right now to grab a hold of as well. But like you talk about God raising up Esther's, David's, Daniel's, Joseph's, and you, and you name these you know, um, characters of old, you know, these people of old in the old Testament and how God's raising people up with anointings of Esther and Joseph and, you know, about resources to fulfill our destiny. Let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, we already know he's raised up disciples like Peter and John and, you know, Miriam or not Miriam, um, Mary and Martha, like he's raised up people who are building the church. The church has never been so beautiful and so built. It's like, there's resources and finances and they're right in the middle of pandemic and COVID there's people building new campuses all over the place. There's churches that are thriving. Of course, there's a lot of churches that have died as well. There's a great deconstruction of faith happening as well. But at the same time, the church is increasing around the world. There's more salvations happening today than there was in the Jesus people movement. It just happens to be in the Muslim and uh, Asian world, but it's still happening. If there's mass revival happening and you can find those statistics on uh, many different Christian college sites who've researched mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But um, but what hasn't been focused on is this picture that we have over and over and over when there's a, a time of great trouble and when there's a time that God's going to advance his people and also his cause, he raises up people like Joseph. Mm-hmm. He raises up people like Daniel. He raises up people like Esther. He raises up people like Solomon. And there's people who begin to work in the natural world with his kingdom mind and his kingdom heart. And then the cover of the book, you'll see it's a tree, but it's also the neurology of a mind, the brain brain mapping of a mind, because mm-hmm. part of this is we are called to share the mind of God. You know, Daniel 117, where he understood how to interpret revelations of all types because he was given the mind of God, the perceptions of God about mm-hmm. that, not because he had an, a gift of interpretation, like a superpower. Mm-hmm. He knew God's mind. He could he could feel God's mind. I mean, Joseph would say, aren't all interpretations from God? Like, and all, aren't all dreams from God? Because he just had this unction of knowing that the Pharaoh, who's ungodly, not a necessarily a good man, that he was worthy that God would give him a dream that could help the Israelites. And also God wanted to Joseph to love the Pharaoh. It says that Joseph loved the Pharaoh as a father and fathered his sons as, as if they were his own. So there was an affection for this pagan system or man in the midst of a pagan system because God put him on assignment. And we're about to see people like Esther's and Daniel's. We're about to see people who like come with the government of Solomon that, that lead in areas that of agriculture and of science and of, you know, of, of industry and have ideas that aren't on the table to solve world problems and to solve mm-hmm. major issues. And the major issues might be an emission system. So the major issue may not look like um, sexy to the church because the church doesn't care about emission systems necessarily. The church doesn't even care that there's only 60 years of usable soil left. 
we don't even think about it. It's not even, it's not on the front page of any Christian news, you know, bulletin I've ever seen. Yeah. But our food systems are being destroyed right now by the way that we've farmed. And it's because, you know, the world's been dying since Adam left it, but uh, since Adam left the garden, but, but Jesus caused us to have a full restoration point to where we could restore all things. Yeah. And so Christians are going to start to get obsessed in a godly way with what God created to say, let's bring the real restoration. Let's not just bring the humanistic version of what can solve a problem for this generation. Let's look at the eternal version of what God designed this world to be in. And one of the things that I cover in the book that I think you would appreciate is that in Jewish thought, there's never been a time that the Jews have believed in their end time eschatology that the earth would pass away and that we just live in heavenly houses. There was never that time. And in early Christianity, there was never a time of that either. That only came into Christianity about 180 years ago. That's true. Where mm-hmm. people began to believe because of two scriptures that the earth, we, we got to turn and it's all going to burn, you know, everything behind us. And we look at what is on the earth as carnal and therefore man-made and therefore God has to judge and destroy it versus God who rested on the seventh day and said, this is so good. I, I just want to dwell on it. I, I just want to look at how beautiful it is. And that's what Jesus came for God's love of the world. He came for the whole plan, not just the humanity plan, but to redeem all things. Jesus came to restore all things. So Christians, I believe, in the next great move of God are going to start to care about restoring agriculture, restoring environment, restoring industry. Restoring, I mean, the first thing God did for Adam when he created him, besides love him, is give him a job. That's right. And mm-hmm. he's going to give us a calling and an assignment to bring back everything that's needed before Jesus returns. And of course, there's a victorious side of it. And there's a side where the enemy is still trying to destroy the whole thing, you know? And so, and I talk about that in the book quite a bit about, you know, I have a couple chapters on Satan and fallen angels and these kinds of things, because there's a battle raging right now, but we're on the winning side. The government that we're building with is so tried and true, and it's so wired in us. And that's why some people are afraid of different people groups that are leading us against nuclear family or leading us against the right way of integrity to build or morality or moral compasses dying in certain countries. But the reality is that's how God made us is to operate best in those lanes. And so when we get awakened to, to principles that are good, whether it's a business person who isn't fully awakened to Jesus, but is working with other Christians and going, that is my true North to be integrous and not lie, not pay, you know, um, like bribes and whatever for my country to be able to get my job done or not just pay lobbyists. I'm actually going to do this the right way. And all of a sudden we start to see, wow, this not only works, but this is my true North. This is how I was wired. And people start to come back into just like hippies who everybody said were, you know, lawless. And then they became the ones who helped restore nuclear family and the idea of sex and marriage. I mean, it was the hippie movement, people who were Mm -hmm. freely having sex with hundreds of partners who said, that's not working. Let's come back into what God gave us, which is nuclear family. So I think, I feel like the book helps to dismantle fear and takes away a lot of the argument of, of where fear comes from for Christianity. When it's just about religion, it's easy to be afraid right now. But when it's about that connected relationship, you go, wow, God is doing something that's never been done before. We're in a divine setup like all of history has waited for. <laughs> I believe that. And I think so many people when they when they would read, let's say, you know, a chapter in your book where you're talking about God raising up Joseph's and raising up Daniel's and raising up people with real solutions to real problems. Um, I think a lot of people would think to themselves, well, yeah, it's probably not me. That's probably that guy over there that prays a lot, or it's probably that guy over there who's leading that church movement. Oh, it's probably that guy over there. Can't be me. Look at me. I'm just a construction worker. Look at me. I grew up in, you know, in poverty and how am I ever going to get the resources to, and that's where people's minds automatically go. But I just love the hope of scripture. And this is not something that is foreign, but it's something that we need to be reminded of 
the fact that God chooses the weak things of the world. He <laughs> the chooses the weak things of the world, the no least way. likely. He, he, the, the Jesus movement, like like you said, hippies and drug addicts and people, you know, sexually pr- you know, promiscuous. He chose those people. He encountered those people. And Israel, one of the smallest, weakest nations in the world, he chose. You go to those Bible characters, talk about the apostles, talk about Esther, talk about Joseph. You know, in general, these individuals did not come from cloud or esteem or no. money a lot of the time. He chose people based on their heart posture towards him and their willingness. And so anyway, I just feel like so many people would disqualify themselves right away as they hear about this. But we need to look through the Bible and say, and even look nowadays, they got the people that God uses. A guy like Todd White, just think about a guy like Todd White or different people. They'll you know, just think of the minister, you know, that, you know, but Anyways, it's just, it's incredible. And we need to encourage ourselves in that. Yeah, I think 1 Corinthians 1, 27, 20 is one of my favorite scriptures. And when I felt like I, I was an imposter doing ministry, I was like, you know, there's an imposter syndrome in business. There's also imposter syndrome in ministry mm-hmm. where you feel like you're not the one who should be there. You're not qualified for whatever. And God's like, I chose you not yeah. because of anything except for my love. Yeah. And you're one of the weakest things in the world. And people who are wise and really good at what they do are going to look at you and go, how did you get here? And you should feel proud of the fact that I raised you up here, not because of your good looks, not because of your talent, your skill, your education, because you don't have that much of any of those things. You have just <laughs> enough, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, why? I took away a level of ego. I took away a level of performance, took away, you know, because we are the weakest things in the world. Not meaning that we're not, there's not strength in us or there's not some incredible, you know, there's some people who have incredible talent and skill. But even with that, it's going to take a move of God. It's going to take God positioning us, God positioning that skill. There's not a Christian I know who's walking in a connected relationship with God and doing what they're called to do who don't tell me the same story, which is, and we have our our podcasts, which are basically interview podcasts, and they tell us all the time, which is, God got me here, even though I had this or this or this going for me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have got this result out of my life, no matter how high ed, uh, the education is, no matter how much resource I had, I still needed God. And that's the place where the world's looking at it going, even people who are successful going, there's no answers. Yeah. And then we come along and go, actually there is. <laughs> our, our strength has a limit, you know, even the people with the, you know, the most resources, the most talented, and they, you know, are able to live off their own strength for a while and, you know, kind of do things. Um, you know, we always have to come to a point of saying like, God, apart from you, I can do nothing. I wouldn't have these gifts and talents and resources. If you didn't bless me with them, you make it rain on the just and the unjust. Like I am yours, God, I need you. When we come to that place of dependency and acknowledgement of our need for him, um, even if we feel like we don't have skills, we have tons of skills. That's when we really sense an empowerment of the spirit and for us to be able to access, um, the riches, the spiritual riches that God has for us. And so, um, Anyways, this is one I wanted to end with this. As I was reading through your book, um, this really stood out to me. You talked about an encounter that you had where you saw sonic booms and there was a light wave, a blanket that covered the earth with these sonic booms. Um, And it was really beautiful what the Lord spoke to you. And you don't got to go into each individual one but maybe the one that you feel highlighted in your heart. But I really, especially nowadays, you know, in this time, in this hour, I feel like that's an important message for some people to hear. Well, I only wrote in three of them and then I've had a number of experiences since. And it's really interesting because it's, um, it was before the racism issue became such a, mm-hmm. in front of the face of everybody. And, and um, I started to see different people groups in the destiny on why God created different races. And so, which is really interesting because it was before, again, before, 
this uh, before racism was the the most obvious thing in mm-hmm. culture, at least in America, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like really seeing like that that there's going to be a move of God on Asian people that's going to help bring the technology. And it's not that's not racist to say that there's a lot of technology and engineering because there is. Mm-hmm. And Asian markets of Asians dominate in engineering, electrical engineering, computer science. Um, and so, but I saw a lot of technologies and infrastructure coming and also revival coming through the Asian community. And I didn't realize at the time either that the second greatest amount of people being saved as of today, and this is several years ago, uh, it, is Asian people. Yeah. That there's uh, the underground church of China. I mean, the, the statistics of the amount of salvations are happening right now. If Americans could be impacted, I know this is a worldwide podcast, but if Americans could even understand it a little bit and not be so detached from it, we would change everything we were doing and say, mm-hmm. we are in the glory versus, wow, we're waiting for something to happen. And wow, society is mm-hmm. being destroyed right now. We would look at it and go, it doesn't affect us because it's so far removed from us. And so yeah. we don't care, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But if we could just see it, but God's about to bring, you know, there's a, it's no small thing that God planned. The greatest amount of people on the earth would be Asians at this generation. And that they would probably potentially be the ones who are the most dominant group of Christians who usher Jesus in. There may be all kinds of other people groups, but by numbers, it will be Asians first mm-hmm. in the end of the age. It's just, it's statistically impossible for that not, not to happen. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's something redemptive on each culture and each people group that we have to look at for God. And one of the son- sonic booms I saw is that in this next coming move of God, even before the end of the age, there's something that's going to happen in Asia that's going to affect the West so greatly in Christianity that it's going to be shocking because we're so detached from Asian people mm. in the West. We're so detached from Asian culture. And I believe we're going to see more and more come in popular culture and more like of the greatest band right now in the world. And this is all I was processing this seven years ago. I said, Asian and Asians in music, Asians in movies. And then BTS came out, you know, as the most popular group in the world. And then Shang Li, the first Chinese Marvel movie, you know, where it was like a Chinese actor, like some things happened that I talked about, like, and we'll see this in popular culture first, but then it will start to move into governmental culture and church culture as well. And we'll see it, you know, first in the natural, but then we're going to start to see what God's doing in the spirit, but we have to be enticed to see by what, what's happening in the natural. And, and I think there's going to be some really interesting things that happen. So that's just, that's like, you know, one of the sonic booms these are indicators of what God's going to be doing. And we have to look, especially if you have something inside of you, a judgment towards a people group, or if you have something inside of you that grates you wrong, then you got to look at the, whatever you're graded wrong by, because you're going to have authority in that area and God's yeah. challenging you mm-hmm. to come higher. Yeah. And so if you have like racism, a great, one of the great ways we can learn that is that if there's something that's like these kinds of people, or maybe it's certain types of homeless people, like American homeless people are worthless. Maybe that's a judgment you might have in your heart versus actually there's something on these people's lives that the enemy has worked that hard to destroy. Mm-hmm. So who are they mm-hmm. and who are they to God? And if one of them comes out of it and they become who God's called them to be, what does that mean for everybody else? And I just think some of the greatest believers that will be known as the next Todd Whites and Heidi Bakers, and these kinds of people right now are living a life in homelessness or prostitution or trafficking mm-hmm. or at one of these areas, but we can't see them right now. But that's how biblically, that's how it is. Like these are the sonic booms. Paul gets saved, you know, when he saw, and he was the terrorist towards the church and Christians were terrified of him. And then all of a sudden he becomes the greatest apostle. So it's like, that's what we're about to see in this next great move of God is people like Todd White who are unlikely, unqualified, and shouldn't have a position they have. I mean, he robbed, you know, I, th- I believe he robbed people for money for drugs, and he had you know massive drug addiction and mm-hmm. was just living the wrong life. I mean, so he's told his testimony, excuse me, on my podcast before, and it was crazy. And then God saved him. He's one of my favorite people. Yeah. You know, it's like the people that you shouldn't trust yeah. on face value with their, their background. 
And that's what God's about to raise up again. And these sonic booms are looking at the world and trusting God as things emerge so that we can be the Barnabas mm-hmm. and we can understand how to champion things that not everyone's ready for yet. Yeah. But we use our reputation to say, this is actually God. We need to focus on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I believe that there's people listening and watching right now where their hearts are being stirred and they want to get a copy of the book. They want to learn. They want to receive. Um, and their hearts are being stirred. They're realizing that their thought processes have been very small compared to what God wants to do in their life. They're being challenged outside of their comfort zone, you know. And um, I would love to end this podcast in prayer. Sean, would you would you pray for those listening and watching that the Lord to do a mighty work in their hearts so that they can truly just rise above the limitations they've put on themselves, others have put on themselves, maybe leaders in their lives have put on them, and they could truly walk into what God's called them to. For sure. And I will tell everybody that we're going to be unpacking the different revelations for the next year uh, for free all over the place through our Facebook mm-hmm. or YouTube. So you don't have to get the book to get the revelation. We're not a sales organization. Mm-hmm. We're a ministry. Mm-hmm. We wrote it in a book form because it's the most easy way to assimilate it quickly. And it's, it's a way to educate yourself and really go deep in the encounter. But um, well, you know, most of what I do is for free and most of what I do is really accessible. So I just want to tell your audience that sure. mm-hmm. we'd love for them to get the book because it's, it's a helpful way for them to receive the message. And it doesn't, we don't have an organized way we're unpacking. It. It's just happening through our next year. But um, the book has a, the most organized way that we are mm-hmm. looking at. And so you can get an Amazon or Charisma Books and you can read the first chapter for free if you go to Charisma Books. And so you can, without even buying it, you can read the chapter about Solomon, which is such an essential perspective change for most Christians because we don't understand the Jewish nature of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But um, but like, yeah, I want to pray. I want to pray because I think that this is a season of encounters. And I've been prophesying that for a while, that 2022 would be a season where a lot of people would have encounters in the midst of the darkness. The darkness is going to increase. We're going to see it. But in Isaiah, it says, arise and shine for your light has come mm-hmm. and the glory of the Lord is rising upon you. And when his light comes, it's so obvious in darkness. And so I pray over you right now, for those of you who are with us here, listening or watching, I pray that God would arise on you and that maybe dark thoughts or dark feelings or darkened identity or darkened relationships, what you'd have his illumination, his perceptions, his thoughts about those things. And I pray for mm-hmm. encounters that aren't just, um, woo, this feels good, but encounters that actually change the nature of who yes. you are. So you could change the nature of the world around you with him. And I pray that uh, even stuff that maybe have been has been discouraging that hasn't happened yet that God's promised you or shown you. And so you maybe there's some things that you were out of season on thinking it was going to happen sooner or differently. I pray that God would re-energize you and reinvigorate you. I love that the scripture says hope deferred is a makes the heart sick, but a tree of life is because of a longing fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I pray that God would plant some trees of life in front of you, that he would give you fulfilled longing, but that he would even redefine what you're longing for. And I ask Jesus that you would bring encounters. Holy Spirit, come and rest on us, especially those who've had seasons of encounter before. Lord, start where they left off. Start with it. You're building a testimony, a story in us. I pray no matter how far away we feel from that. Some of you are so mature. You're still walking with God strongly, but you feel so dry. Like that feels so far removed from you. And I pray that God would remind you of the last great encounter, even if it was 20 years ago that you had with him, that what he has in store for you in the future is much greater than that. And that was just a starting point. That's just, or that's just a building block. He has so much more in store for you. So I pray he would give you anticipation even before it comes. And I pray for dreams to even be um, subtle signposts that would happen before some of the encounters and visitations that are destined for the masses of the body of Christ, not just for the few, but God, the Holy Spirit is going to be visiting for the sake of Jesus. He's going to be visiting believers all over the world 
and you're one of them. You're not disqualified. So mm. thank you, Jesus. Mm. Yes, thank you, Lord. I love that. Encounters that don't just bring goosebumps or tingles, but encounters that transform uh, our hearts. And all that stuff's good, too. We love the feelings. The feelings do come. But yeah. at the end of the day, encounters that that transform the way we think, transform the way we see people, transform the way we see ourselves, the way we see our Father in heaven, what Christ has done for us, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Sean, for sharing that and, and praying and just for everything that you do. And so um, how can people also connect with your ministry aside from these resources? And um, tell them a little bit about the, about the podcast too. Oh, there's so much good stuff. So there's the podcast. You can get it anywhere. It's called Exploring Series. And we have three editions. You could also watch Exploring the Marketplace or Exploring the Industry. They're coming up on CBN News in 2022 as vodcasts on the weekend. So it's really fun that CBN's partnering to us. I might show Discovering Gods on TV on, on Monday nights. I also host on Praise once a month with Bobby Schuler, and we talk about prophetic things and supernatural things. Um, one of my favorite ways you can get a hold of us right now is our online learning platform, where we have a class every week by different people from around uh, the spiritual world. You know, we love it. And we also do an event every month. And uh, the events are things on health and marriage and children and how to apply your hearing from God in ways that impact your very real world. And so we're, we're looking at like, how do we disciple and mentor and carry some of the heavy lifting of your devotional life to be able to bring you into a place of making great brand new decisions by having examples and leaders helping you do that. And last, if you want to find our stuff, go to Bulls app on any app store and you can download it and it will bring up the videos and the audio clips and the podcasts all in one place. So you don't have to search for me all over. Oh, one thing we, we have that's coming out new that you would really like, Michael, is that my Your Prophetic Journey series on YouTube, It's mm -hmm. we just started about a year ago and we stopped it for just so we could reboot it um, for season two. And we I actually am interviewing people and going out on location. Like the first one I go to this woman named Catherine Crick, who's only 30 years old, who's kind of like a modern day Amy Summer Fear Center, Catherine Coleman. And she's leading revival in the parks here in LA and bringing deliverance. So you get to watch the deliverance with me. I interview her. We talk about this. I mean, modern day deliverance in a real way. It's really profound. I mean, I go to Chris Reed. We talk about um, his him taking over Morningstar with Rick Joyner, you know, he's taking over the senior pastorship and these radical words of knowledge. I've known Chris since he's been emerging and he shares some of the words of knowledge and his process behind it. Krista Smith, Sean and Krista Smith are some dear friends. She shares this whole prophetic thing where she gets off stage platform, prophesies over uh, these drug addicted people who just came out of jail. <laughs> and then we show, show three years later when they actually took over a whole pastoral ministry in the church with you know, reaching people in jail because of that prophetic word, it like awaken them to discipleship. So I mean, like, I, I love this show because it's going to help viewers and listeners like go on the mm -hmm. journey to become prophetic, to really go after this in a real way. So that's my favorite thing we're doing for the rest of the year, which is they're coming out next week, which is really fun. So uh, the third week of December, I don't know when the podcast comes up, but the third week of December of 2021, from this point on, we have new episodes every week on Mondays. That's awesome. And so much of the content you're releasing is building the faith in the hearer um, to yeah. really believe God for the same kind of miraculous encounters, the same kind of, um, you know, breakthrough to take place in their life, the same, you know, to be used by God in very similar manners. And so you're imparting a lot of faith in the body of Christ, challenging a lot of people to think outside of, you know, their natural way of thinking into, you know, thinking more like God and accessing his mind. And so thank you so much, Sean, for everything you do and joining me on the podcast again today, man. It's always a blessing. Oh, thanks for having me anytime. 
For those who are listening right now and watching, probably via YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review so we can get this out to more people so they can be blessed and they can be awakened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you